Ready. Ready. Welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. I'm Kara Platoni. And I'm Eric Simmons. And in this show, we are taking you into the water after it goes down the toilet. Wait, ew. We're bringing in our correspondent, Nicole Jones, to talk about the science of sewage. And it's actually pretty cool. So put on your tallest boots. And your thickest gloves. And let's go on a field trip. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, happy to be here. So you went on a field trip to learn about how you can clean wastewater using a swamp. That sounds kind of counterintuitive, right? Like swamps are dirty. Be better to use bleach or something else. But there are tons of different ways to clean wastewater. Big cities like L.A. process 200 million gallons of wastewater a day. They use a lot of chemicals. Even Arcata, where I was, used to just have a pipe that dumped sewage directly into Humboldt Bay. In the mid-1950s, they introduced an oxidation pond and chlorine disinfection system to clean the water before it went directly into Humboldt Bay. But now they use the wetlands around the plant as a key part of that filtering process. Wait, can I ask a dumb question? What exactly is a wetland? Swamps, marshes, bogs, those are all types of wetlands. And we protect these, right? And these are important habitats? We do. So why do you want to use one to treat human wastewater? Well, besides providing flood control and stability for shorelines, wetlands are a natural water filtering system. But why is treating sewage this way better than using chemicals or machines? Well, for one thing, it uses a whole lot less energy. And conserving wetlands also helps create a biologically diverse ecosystem. The wetlands used to be in pretty poor condition because of the area's long history of logging. Today, they're a wildlife sanctuary and a nice place to take a stroll through the sewage treatment plant. So what does it look like? And what does it smell like? Um, let's go with rotted grass clippings. There's a little, there's a little smell down here. I don't, I don't notice it after working here so long, but some, some tours people will go, oh God, how can you stand it? And I go, well. (laughs) Your nose has been trained. Well, the standard replies, it smells like money to me, you know, but. (laughs) My name is David Couch and I'm a wastewater treatment plant operator for the city of Arcata. Couch is wearing a blue jumpsuit speckled with spots that have been faded by chlorine. He's worked here 30 years. Now we're over here at the treatment plant, and uh, we just walked by the, the headworks, which is the start of the treatment process. Most of this process happens outside, where we are now. The headworks has two huge rotating screws that stick down into a wet well and pull up all of our fresh sewage. This is the first stage where things like rags, plastic products, rubber products are all taken out, basically things they can't biologically treat later. So once the big stuff is gone, the waste moves onto a huge concrete tank known as the primary clarifier. It slopes to the center, and at the bottom, there's a big rotating arm. What what is this? Well, this is a a rotary uh, grease dewatering machine, so... Uh, Right now, it's just kind of running on a cleaning cycle, but when we pump the grease through it, the grease falls into this hopper, and the water goes back through that screen and goes back into the clarifier. So that's our way to to dewater the the fat oil and grease from the clarifier. It looks like almost like wet wood chips. Yeah, well, it's it's grease, (laughs) mainly grease, some food. 
So after sifting out the grease to send to the landfills, the next step is getting rid of the biological solid. Fecal material, honey and food, toilet paper, that all settles to the bottom of the tank. And uh, we refer to that as the primary sludge and we pump that out and treat it in a separate treatment train. And uh, then the water from the primary clarifier goes on out to the, the oxidation ponds for treatment. Getting rid of this sludge is done with the help of microorganisms. Basically, these are little critters that eat the poop, then poop it out themselves. By digesting it, they break it down into smaller, less smelly parts. What they excrete is called protoplasm, and that settles at the bottom of the tank where it can be removed. This is our, our sample port here for our liquid that comes out of the digester. And we analyze this for alkalinity and volatile acids a couple of times a week because we have a certain ratio that we know that uh, means the digester is healthy. And the operators, you can just kind of waft the bouquet of that and tell how the, how the digester is doing based on whether it smells acidic or not. So how's it doing today? Oh, it's good. It's good. The digester's what, real healthy. Smell? Let's now. see. It's like... Well, it's <laughs> hard to explain. Yeah, Hard it, to describe. <laughs> There's nothing else quite like it. It like dirt, maybe. Kind of like, like a little fermented dirt. dirt. Fermented, yeah, that's it. Nice and it doesn't. And it doesn't smell as bad as the primary. This primary sludge smells like what you think it would smell like. So after a few weeks of being worked on, the digestion tanks are ready to be drained, and the remaining waste is poured into a long sludge drying bed. In a few months, some of it will become compostable material that can be used as soil. But if a batch of sludge has too many heavy metals or pesticides, it's sent to the landfill. Then we're going to walk out to the oxidation ponds, which are our secondary treatment. Sitting on the edge of the bay, the two oxidation ponds are about 20 square acres each and covered in algae. They look like massive bowls of split pea soup, but with ducks floating on top. They're producing oxygen and continuing to break down the waste in the water. Water flows out from the plant to the far oxidation pond, then goes through the second one before going through underwater channels to the four treatment marshes that surround the ponds. This is what makes Arcata's wastewater system unique. So there's a couple of feet of water under all these plants. You'll never see the water. The marshes are covered by dense vegetation like cattails and hard stem bulrush. You get physical filtration just from all the mass of, of plant material. You get biological filtration from organisms that are growing on that substrate. And uh, all of those things combined just become a natural filter that uh, takes the algae out of the water. In other words, all that sludge is basically a buffet for the millions of organisms that live in the swamp. The water spends a couple of days filtering through the treatment marshes. Then it's pumped back into the chlorine basin raceway, which looks like a big concrete lap pool. Our water from the treatment marshes comes over to here, goes into a far corner, gets chlorine gas injected into it, and then the water goes through the raceway to allow the chlorine to disinfect the water as it goes through. Then that water goes for another round in the marshes. In about 40 days, the water is collected again and enters through a square opening in the middle of the raceway. So this is our water that's coming back from the enhancement wetlands. And uh, it's, it's quite highly treated and that, you know, it would be kind of like 
clean river water at this point. And people always ask, well, you know, don't you take a, a drink of it here for, <laughs> to show how safe it is? But no, I don't, I don't do that because this is at ducks and otters swimming in it. So uh, I don't want to drink raw water out of a river and I'm not gonna drink our, our raw <laughs> treated effluent. The last step is adding sulfur dioxide to the water, which neutralizes the chlorine. From there, it's ready to flow out into the bay. There's a separate plant in Humboldt County dedicated to processing water just for drinking. They have a whole other set of standards and they use more chlorine and other chemical additives to purify the water. You know, this process wasn't nearly as gross as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it wasn't so bad, except for the occasional stench of bacteria poop. It was quite relaxing. Thanks for joining us for a special Summer Dispatches edition of the Field Trip Podcast. We'll be back next week with a new one from somewhere else on the planet. Our behind-the-scenes team includes producer Casey Miner, composer Andrew Sutherland, and illustrator Mike Smith. Special thanks to this week's reporter, Nicole Jones. Thanks for having me. And as always, thanks to Jim Richards, Jeremy Rue, the UC Berkeley Graduate School of Journalism, and science nerds everywhere. If you'd like to hear past episodes, you can download our podcasts for free on iTunes or from our website at fieldtrippodcast.com. Keep an eye on our Twitter feed for more updates. We are at Field Trip Log. I'm Eric Simmons. I'm Carol Platoni. And we will see you next time on the Field Trip Podcast.